Mom always liked you best. If you watched television in the late 1960s, you probably remember that line from the old Smothers Brothers comedy hour. At some point in almost every program, Tom Smothers would say those words to his younger brother Dick. Mom always liked you best. And it almost always got a laugh. But real-life favoritism, my brothers and sisters, as St. James indicates in our second reading today, is anything but funny. Just ask some of our Olympic athletes from 30 or 40 years ago. They know this by their own experience. Now, it's true in every Olympic Games, including this past one, a few athletes will complain about the scores given to them by the judges in their respective events. But nothing in the recent past compares with the scoring injustices that took place three or four decades ago when communism was alive and well in Eastern Europe. Some of us are old enough to remember those days. You'd have an American athlete, for example, perform a great gymnastics routine, and the U.S. judge would give him a score, let's say, of 9.8 out of 10, the French judge 9.5, the Canadian judge 9.7. But the judge from the Soviet Union and the judges from the other Soviet bloc countries would give that gymnast scores in the sevens if they were lucky. Now, to be fair and honest, it sometimes worked the other way around as well. Great performances by Soviet athletes were sometimes purposely underscored by U.S. judges and judges from other free Western nations. Which only serves to illustrate how difficult it is for human beings to be impartial. Unfortunately, the problem of showing partiality was not unique to the mother of Tom and Dick Smothers, and to judges at the Olympic Games 30 or 40 years ago during the Cold War period of history. The temptation to show partiality is a temptation that every human being faces, constantly. The words of St. James in today's second reading are a challenge to us in this regard. They challenge us, number one, to acknowledge this temptation, and number two, they're a challenge to deal with it. Listen again to these words. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you adhere to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if a man with gold rings and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and a poor person in shabby clothes also comes in, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say, sit here please, while you say to the poor one, stand there or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil designs? Now, speaking of distinctions, I think we need to make an important one at this point between partiality and preference. Every human being has certain preferences in this life with respect to other people, and there's nothing wrong with that. We have certain people in our lives whom we like more than others, people we are closer to, 
people with whom we have special relationships. There's nothing wrong with having such preferences. It's a normal part of life on planet Earth. The problem comes, however, when others suffer specifically because of these preferences. That's partiality. That's what St. James means in this text when he talks about partiality. For example, in the situation he describes in this reading, the problem was not that the rich man was treated so nicely. The problem was that the poor man was treated badly precisely because the rich man was treated so nicely. Because we are weak, fallible human beings who are tainted by original sin, the effects of original sin, it's very hard for us to be impartial at every moment of every day in every circumstance of life. In fact, I would say that only God is perfectly impartial. We, on the other hand, whether we want to admit it or not, can be very influenced by money and power and fame and social status and the like. St. Peter came to understand God's perfect impartiality during that controversy in the early church over whether or not Gentile men had to be circumcised before they became Christian. And so in Acts 10, Peter said, I begin to see how true it is that God shows no partiality. Rather, the man of any nation who fears God and acts uprightly is acceptable to him. St. Paul came to the same conclusion, so he wrote in Romans 2.11, With God there is no favoritism. So, for the Lord, impartiality is the norm. For all of us, sad to say, it's often the exception, not the rule. Which means that for us, it always has to be a goal. It has to be a goal that we strive for each and every day if we're really serious about living our Catholic faith. And one of the keys to reaching the goal, or at least coming close to it, the goal of impartiality, is to try to see other people as God sees them. That's not easy, but it is possible. Why is God totally impartial? It's because he sees each of us, all of us, from the same perspective and with the very same lens. It doesn't matter if we're rich or poor, powerful or weak, famous or infamous. When the Lord looks at a human being, any human being, from the moment of his or her conception, he sees someone created in his image and likeness. He sees someone that his son Jesus Christ suffered and died for. He sees someone that he loves with a perfect love, an eternal love. Our tendency, on the other hand, is to have a much less positive perspective on people, and especially on people who aggravate us, or cheat us, or mistreat us, or who aren't very important in the eyes of the world, or who aren't very smart, or well-dressed, or clean or who lack some other personal quality that we place a high value on. We tend to see those people in a negative light, which of course leads us to show partiality to other people whom we find more appealing. 
Obviously, therefore, overcoming this sin of partiality isn't easy. It takes prayer, it takes practice, and it takes a lot of effort. It involves training ourselves to look at every person we meet and think, this is a person created in the image and likeness of God. This is a person that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, suffered and died for. This is someone whom the creator of the universe loves with a perfect love, an eternal love. If Mrs. Smothers had had those thoughts when she looked at her two sons, Tom and Dick, she certainly would not have liked Dick best, presuming that she did indeed favor Dick over Tom. If Olympic judges 30 or 40 years ago had had those thoughts when they evaluated athletes from other countries, they certainly would have been fairer in their scoring. And if the Christian mentioned in this passage from James's letter had had those thoughts when he looked at the poor man who came into his church that day, I'm sure he would have treated that poor man with a lot more dignity, with a lot more respect. Dear Lord, help each and every one of us to succeed where these others failed. Help us to see everyone, including our worst enemy, as you see them, and thereby avoid the sin of partiality.